this guy searched for 15 years to find something that would match. So it's not as easy as, you know, one, two, three, in goes the turquoise that's going to match a 1930s cuff from, you know, that's been worn that amount of time. It, it, you know, it can become your life's work. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Gem Pursuit. I'm your host, Matthew Weldon, joined by my co-host, who is, of course, extremely trusty, Elise Ketcher. (laughs) Hi. Today, we are moving on to a different gemstone and a different type of gem altogether to the ones that we've covered so far. And today, we are covering... Turquoise. Turquoise. A super exciting one to cover because it's going to be a completely different way of analyzing it and identifying it and valuing it. And it is found in a lot of places that people are from and or visit. So it's going to be a great one to talk about. Very excited. Let's get started. Turquoise is probably one of the ones that has a lot of folklore, a lot of history, and a lot of tales. It was one of the first ever gems that was actually sold in a shop, believe it or not, or in a, you know, for a business. It, it was been found all over America, Central America, and South America, and was created and, so, and in, fashioned into jewelry by people there. And it's been sold for so, so long. So it does have a great history. But what you'll notice about turquoise is that it is found in only some of the driest and most barren places in the world. And that's what gives it its difference. It's really interesting to think of, like, all of the gemstones that we cover, turquoise is just in such a a lane of its own. It's not usually faceted, which is like the little faces that you see on, on a gem. It's usually, you know just polished to reveal its color it's also not a translucent stone it's opaque which means that you just see like a one color it doesn't have like this kind of alluring depth that you look into it has a you know a beautiful bright color and I think when we're talking about history and lore because you know with turquoise because it 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 was something that was seen very anciently it has such a crazy amount of uh stories and lore attached to it and it goes back you know as far as ancient egypt when you know when we look at artifacts or hieroglyphics or um anything to do with ancient egypt turquoise would have been considered one of their big three so you know you would have seen in all of the kind of um, pectoral uh, plates that would have been worn by the pharaohs it would have been there next to carnelian which would have been another one of its big three their big three gemstones but you also saw it in headpieces. You saw it in Tutankhamun's um, tomb when they opened it up in 1920. They said, we saw glints of lapis lazuli and turquoise and carnelian. These were the stones that were considered the emeralds, diamonds, rubies of their time. And as you go through other gemstones in the series, you'll see that you know certain gemstones in certain periods of history can get into this. Let's call it the cardinal 
set of gems, you know, which today would be the diamond, sapphire, emerald, and ruby. And obviously, as you mentioned, turquoise had its uh, time when it was one of those. Obviously, still a very important gem. And depending on where you are, I suppose, it becomes more important as well. It was a ceremonial gem, and it, it was also a type of money. Like, it was a... People use it as almost legal tender in a lot of Native American tribes. And you'll see other examples of things like that, you know, in um, in Northern Africa, they used to use salt as a medium of exchange. So turquoise was used as this de facto currency. And obviously, you know, as we'll get to, then it depends on how large the turquoise is. The quality of it obviously depends what it, what Which it is, was worth. Which is, again, like with turquoise, we could pretty much do, you know... a a whole series on it and that's no joke like it, it it has such a long history that we could do a whole episode just on its history and law so it's it's difficult be, because each culture um we don't want to alienate any culture because everybody has a different way of connecting their cultural culture to turquoise for instance the ancient egyptians the native american people also have a very strong affinity with this gemstone we also have the english who with queen victoria had a very strong connection to turquoise and the forget-me-not era that they had so and the language of flowers so these are only three cultures that we've named off but we know that turquoise is found in a lot of other places as well and it's one of the gemstones as well that's not only as you said used as a currency used in jewelry it's also used in ornamentation and it's also used as a household decorative piece so again it it goes into a whole other world with this gemstone most of the other gemstones that we're talking about are not used in the same way that this gemstone is used in inlays and, you know, it goes on and on forever. And I think it's down, you know, obviously I'm not an expert in every culture, but I think it's down to the the colour of it gives like a soothing um, aura to it. And, in a, and a lot of people believe that it actually has healing powers, that it can bring calmness to your life and that if you have any particular, you know, sickness or ailments, it can actually help treat those issues just by being in the presence of turquoise or if you're wearing it and it's actually touching your skin it's said to have healing properties yes and the ancient egyptians believed that the blue coloration represented heaven or the or the sky so they saw it as a you know a connection to god we also see a lot of the mosques their domes that you see on the top of of ancient mosques are actually created in turquoise the whole domes so again to denote the connection to heaven so it does have this you know when you look at turquoise and as its name would suggest the color turquoise is the very bluest sky the very bluest ocean um all of which when we look at a blue sky it is calming when we look at a beautiful blue sea it is calming so it does automatically invoke those kind of feelings for any human i think yes and still used today in a lot of cultures where for symbolism and um you know still produced to produce income for these people so particularly 
Certain Native American communities, the Navajo, still use it a lot, which of course is very important for Irish people because the Navajo sent a donation to Ireland in 1847. They did, yeah. $170 they sent to help with the potato famine that was happening here. So, um, yeah. And the Irish, yeah, we never forget, we returned the favour uh, during COVID. We, made, we raised over $2 million to send back obviously i don't know what 170 dollars in 1847 was like was probably a lot particularly based on the time in history i think it was just after the trail of tears that they still managed to actually donate that fund it's really quite incredible i can tell you we've never forgot that over here so um there's actually a monument in cork uh, dedicated to that so cork is in the southwest of ireland and it's said and it's it's said that the only thing that separates navajo community to ireland is an ocean very sweet. I mean, you know, I love stories like that, but I also um, understand the reason behind why turquoise then gets connected to these communities. And it is because of where it's found, right? So as we uh, previously said, it is found in the most driest and barren areas of the earth is where we find turquoise because it does require a desert in order for it to be created. It needs dryness, it needs heat. Um, and it's really like, it's such a crazy thought to think that this bright, bright blue gem that looks like the sky and looks like the ocean and actually looks like the color of water is actually found in red, hot, dry deserts. And depending on where it's found, that's going to help you identify it and ascribe value to it. So identifying turquoise, I suppose the first thing that anyone's going to think about if you're trying to identify is turquoise. And it's in the name of the gemstone is, of course, the color. One thing that I want to say about turquoise, okay, like okay. this is probably because it's because it's one of the most the oldest gem, one of the oldest gems that's been used in jewelry, and the color is so mesmerizing, and it's also not a faceted gem, which again means that it has no cuts on the top of it. It's usually a polished gem. It's one of the most replicated gemstones out there so like identification of this stone is an absolute importance to its connection to value okay because it's so easy for a a glass product to be created to look like it so, you know, because it has no faceting, it, it doesn't have really, you don't peer into the stone. You look at the surface of the stone and the way in which the material feels and looks. And if you're not a gemologist and you've never seen a piece of turquoise before, you only know what the color looks like, it's going to be super, super easy for you to be duped. Yeah, I mean, there's enamel, there's Vauxhall glass. You know, these are things that look like turquoise, but that are not. Um, I mean, it's also, and then you get into the, the part of, okay, maybe it's turquoise, but it's also 
heavily treated. It can be heavily treated. Yes. It can be dyed. Resin filled. Uh, resin filled, oiled, waxed. All these things that can enhance what's already there to the point that, you know, you know, sometimes you could say, yeah, I think it, you know, it was turquoise. <laughs> but I, I just want to say like, even as a gemologist, and this is like super important because uh, a lot of people are like, oh yeah, you know, turquoise is turquoise is turquoise. It's not, okay? There is levels, different levels of, of turquoise, okay? Different levels of value. But the thing is, is like the difference between turquoise and for instance, diamond is that I could literally go out there and paint a rock, the turquoise color, and somebody would be duped by it right because it's very very easy to go oh yeah that's identifier is that color it is that color it looks like a rock it's do you know what I mean like it can be automatically duped and then as a as a turquoise so it's really important to remember that just because it is set in a piece of jewelry it might even be in silver it might even be in a precious metal it doesn't mean that it is going to be turquoise. Yeah. Now we so, don't do worry everyone too much. Of course, a lot of it is really no. turquoise, but you have to be, as you said, absolutely vigilant. alert and vigilant to those yeah. things. So, so something you can look for with turquoise is that often you'll find the host rock or what they call the matrix can be sometimes almost woven through the stone. Um, I know they call this spider veins in turquoise and they look like little, uh, well, exactly that, little kind of black or dark colored kind of lines or veins that go through the stone. And that is one indicator that it is going to be natural turquoise, probably not foolproof because depending on where the turquoise is from, um, again, as Elise said, it's from those barren locations in the world. But certain locations, like in Iran, Persian turquoise doesn't often have a lot of that spider vein. So it's not, you know, going to give you a hundred percent answer, but it'll give you certainly an idea that it's going to be turquoise. Yes. So um, the matrix being connected to the stone in some way, either through spa- uh, spider veining or also being part of the base, you know, uh, of the turquoise can actually sometimes be a really good thing because it, you know, it helps you to understand, you know, that it is turquoise. But there's additional things that help you also to understand turquoise is turquoise. Sometimes people look at old pieces of jewellery and they're like, oh, that's not turquoise because um, it's green. Well, another way in which we know that pieces are turquoise is the way that they discolour. So turquoise is a porous stone, which means that it can kind of absorb what's around it. And if turquoise has been touched over and over and over again, it can react in different ways. And one of those ways is by turning a green color. Um, So, you know, the range of colors for turquoise go from blue all the way into green, with blue being the optimal color that you want and a lot of the times if it has turned green we remove those stones and we change them for um unblemished blue stones yeah because they're often in a piece of turquoise jewelry that might be a five stone ring or a necklace with many different ones and then 
sometimes what you find is if it's a necklace, the turquoise right beside the clasp changes color because people are using their oily hands and we're because we all have obviously just you know natural oils in our hands and just from taking that piece on and off you can find that those ones have to be replaced now that is that brings to another question at least you know when that happens it's it can be awkward to replace it because as all these natural gems as we talk about they rarely have exactly the same color so you do have to try and match it and i know i've known in the past when we've had an antique piece of jewelry and we've had to replace the turquoise Sometimes we have to find another antique piece of jewellery, maybe something that's broken and can't be repaired, and actually take the turquoise out of that and repolish it to fit into it. Because if you take a modern piece, it's hard to get it to match. Yes, I actually had one client that came in to me. Um, it was actually at one of the... At an American who had come over, he was explaining to me that he had purchased a very rare piece of 1930s um, Native American jewelry. And it was a silver piece that was a cuff. And the cuff had in it three turquoise um, oval cabochons. And one of the cabochons had actually um, broken. He had broken it in some way. And he was trying to replace it. And he said that he had been all over the world looking at different pieces of turquoise to try and get it to match the other two pieces of turquoise that were from the 1930s and had been worn in a cuff, you know, on an arm for that amount of time. And he had been searching, searching, searching. He said he actually found the piece of turquoise that was on the tip of a walking stick that had been handled and he actually had to have it cut off and told them not to polish it but to cut it exactly because it would fit the exact setting but it had to be cut so that it wasn't additional cuts made around the side of it because of course if you cut into the sides of the turquoise it's going to change the color because of the patina on the outside so it was actually cut off this and then reset into his cuff so that all three of them matched but this is how crazy it gets when you're looking to find a match this is the thing is when people say to me can you match this can you match that I'm like this guy searched for 15 years to find something that would match so it's not as easy as you know ordering one, a round diamond one cuff. two three in goes the turquoise that's going to match a 1930s cuff from you know that's been worn that amount of time it you know it can become your life's work to find the match mm. yeah i think often sometimes you get one that's close enough and then if you wear them together they kind of wear the same so if you're a bit patient it might it might help but with those factors considered i mean valuing turquoise the most valuable types for example what are we looking for okay so this is a hard one because again we harp on a lot about this so much and it's all about the color <laughs> harp 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 but um there's a few other things of course the color what we're looking for is blue vibrant blue same coloration throughout top to bottom looking at it saturations the same no patchiness no spider veining but also we're looking for a low porosity so low porosity means that we don't see like 
the pores of the stone. We don't see those little holes that can seep into it. So a very, very low porosity and then a fine texture. So those are the two things that we don't usually think about when we look at other gemstones, right? We don't think about its porosity at all and we don't think about its texture at all. We think really about the color and the way that it's commanding light. So those two additional factors with turquoise make it quite a different valuing technique that we use for this gemstone. The top, top examples of turquoise are incredibly valuable. They tend to be Persian or from Iran, but obviously you can get these examples anywhere. But to give you an example, you know, the lower grade turquoise that you can get, you can buy it for anywhere from, you know, five cent a carat, you know, five cent to a dollar per carat for kind of your low grade. But the top grade, which is less than 1% of mined turquoise, can go from $50 per carat to $1,000 per carat. So if you're talking amazing color, you know, no spider veins, like just pure turquoise, as Lee said, the, like very low porosity, that could command $1,000 per carat. And you're thinking, oh, but, you know, turquoise, you know, usually it's, if it's a central stone in a piece, it could be, you know, 10 carat turquoise, wouldn't be an enormous one. So you're talking 10,000, you know, wholesale price for just the gemstone for that one turquoise so again it's you know, by the time you have that you know polished and mounted in a ring it's going to be a very very valuable valuable piece so that's all but I, again that shows you the the less than one i mean that's the one percent of the one percent of turquoise um and that is going to cost you you know very good money but it'll be a rare gem hi there gem pursuiters I just want to take a quick moment to let you know how you can be part of our Gem Pursuit community. If you want to stay more connected with our podcast and the world of antique jewellery and gemstones, sign up now to our mailing list at courtville.ie. Not only will you never miss an episode of the podcast, but you'll also get behind the scenes looks at our recording process, little known facts and stories about antique jewellery, interactive quizzes and polls, a heads up on upcoming episodes and seasons, as well as an opportunity to join in in the Gem Pursuit conversation by giving us feedback and asking us questions. So don't wait, sign up today at courtville.ie and join us on our Gem Pursuit. Now back to the show. All right, famous turquoise. Well, I suppose it wouldn't be... I mean, it just wouldn't be a series of Gem Pursuit if we didn't mention Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> like, it wouldn't be. It's bingo! Bingo, yeah. I, that, I know, I feel like there's people there with shots at home. It's like, oh, every time they mention Elizabeth Taylor, let's have a shot. Um, um, <laughs> You'd if be you, very if you are, right If now. you are, the joke's on you because Elizabeth Taylor, Elizabeth Taylor, Elizabeth Taylor. But... <laughs> um, but so this is, this is your famous piece, I'm guessing. Something to do with Elizabeth Taylor. Uh, yeah. Okay, lovely. <laughs> yeah. So Matthew's famous turquoise yeah. piece is? It is. And the reason why I, f I find this piece interesting is because it was sold relatively recently. Um, and it was in an auction for eight to $12,000. But it sold for $194,500. Love it. So... You know, it's uh, and it captures a lot of the important parts of 
why turquoise is so nice and it really sets this piece apart i think so um but also because i just think it's amazing that you know auctioneer can get the price so far off this piece is a mirror and it was they call it the cleopatra mirror uh, it was designed by bulgari we mentioned it briefly in our bulgari episode but tur- this is actually a turquoise mirror obviously it's gold but it's got a turquoise frame frame it's got it's got like a, an eagle holding up the the actual mirror part of it but it's got all these little carved turquoise and you know it's it's a really interesting part of turquoise because on the most scale of hardness it's just below a six so you can carve it into lots of different interesting shapes um and i remember when we went to the cartier exhibition in paris i remember we saw a tiara which had like these scrolled little uh, I think I remember piece. I said that would look great on me that, that tiara would look nice on me <laughs> look nice on you too I like to see you in that turquoise one actually love it like a little headphone it's like we Ross's one actually yeah that iconic phrase that actually when we listen back to it that's not what you said at all but <laughs> no. we, we're, we're going with that though Lisa and that it is sticking great that me. is sticking that's it great on me um, but this mirror, uh, Bulgari piece, it's got a carved turquoise head in it. As I said, it's sold for 10 or 15 times the estimate. And it's 1960s Bulgari, which is a very important period. Egyptian revival style. And obviously turquoise was was first mined by the Egyptians possibly 6,000 years ago. So very, very important stone for them. It was one of the cardinal gems, those important gemstones. And you can see it in this mirror. I love that we've chosen kind of like... Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> I love that we've both chosen something that is a little bit more um, shows off the talents of the gemstone. Because, you know, we can't exactly wear a mirror, can we? So um, it's more of a like an object an object of um, of turquoise. And I thought that I would go for something very different as well to show off the talents of turquoise, but also because I really wanted to go into a very beautiful love story and monument that all of us will recognize. Um, and it begins with uh, the death of... A beloved wife in 1631 who died in childbirth bearing her 14th child which caused her husband so much grief that he took 22 years to build a monument in her name and it is of course known today as the Taj Mahal So it began, as I said, in 1631, um, Mum Taz Mahal dies in childbirth and her husband then starts to create what is now the Taj Mahal and it's created in a majority white marble. So when people think of the Taj Mahal, they look at the Taj Mahal and they're like, wow, it's in Agra and it's white very very bright white which is the marble that was used to create it but i've never been have you been matthew i've never been to india or the taj mahal yeah have you been to no 
I haven't either, but it is on like my very, very top list. And actually, um, Sarah, who works with us, her sister just um, went there on her honeymoon to and went and saw the Taj Mahal. So we have a slight connection to it with one of our, with one of the, with Sarah in our shop Bit going tenuous there. Tenuous connection. Yeah. connection. <laughs> But as I was like researching turquoise, I came through across so many things, right? I came across um, the Hesse tiara, which is an amazing tiara that has turquoise and moonstone in kind of cross sections going across the head. It's an amazing turquoise tiara. We have the Cartier tiara that has um, the carved turquoise pieces in it we have so many ancient egyptian pieces that all also feature uh, turquoise but the reason why i chose the taj mahal is because when you look closely at the gateways that go that lead into the tombs which is where mumtaz mahal now lays to rest um all of the columns and gateways that you see actually have mosaics, which are actually carved pieces of semi-precious gemstones with the brightest colors being those that were imported, the turquoise, which make up the florets and the different, like the different scroll work that leads into her tomb and it is so beautiful and it really does imagine the contrast of that imagine this bright white marble with beautiful blue flowers against it and then it has carnelian as well which is the the red tones that you see against the white you can't see it from a distance but when you look very very closely um at the pictures of the mosaics that you can see in the Taj Mahal. They're absolutely stunningly beautiful and they are jewels in their own right. Um, and really a testament, not only to um, the craftsmanship that was available at the time, but a love and a grief that was displayed by a husband for his wife. So if you're out looking for a turquoise piece of jewellery or perhaps a sculpture or an object as we've seen they come across uh, you come across turquoise in many different forms um, obviously we're dealing with jewellery but it is in different forms there are a couple of tips that we'd love to give you just to kind of have in the back of your mind the key one for me at least if, if you're looking for turquoise you know we're always looking for the best gemstones that's kind of what we spend a lot of our time doing is trying to source these unusual you know the one percent the top grade of the gemstones and this is a little tip i'll give you trying to identify the top top gemstones for turquoise uh, and it is iranian or persian turquoise which you'll find typically in old jewelry uh, and it is that well two tips number one that persian turquoise typically doesn't have any spider veins in it. So if you're looking at turquoise and you see spider veins, probably not um, Persian turquoise. And the second thing is, and this is very subtle, but once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. And that is that this Persian turquoise has a very slightly different tone on it 
to almost every other turquoise, it has this almost slightly baby blue or slightly pastel color to it, or like a robin's egg, sometimes they call it. And it's just slightly different. The other turquoise tends to be a slightly a bluer, a slightly greener, but this one has this light pastel color. And if you look up Persian turquoise, you will see this. And if you just keep that color in the back of your mind when you're looking for it, that'll help you identify um, this particular variety, which is the most valuable type. And also it is typically found in antique jewelry, uh, which is where you'll find some of the best examples of turquoise. What about yourself, Elise? What would be your trade tip for someone you know, thinking turquoise or thinking maybe a piece of jewelry or object of turquoise. So what I, what my trade tip is actually going to be is going to be about cleaning turquoise. So, you know, you've given the greatest tip that you can give in terms of buying turquoise, but mine is about how to keep that turquoise looking great for the rest of its life well that's very important okay so like this is important because if you don't your turquoise that was very very valuable is not going to be valuable for very long so for me my number one tip with turquoise is do not ever 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 put it into jewelry cleaner ever 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 Okay, it is so, so important. You will not believe how many people I have had to break their hearts and tell them there is nothing I can do for your piece of turquoise after you have immersed it into a um, a liquid, especially a colored liquid. People use gin, people use um fairy liquid people use the jewelry cleaner that they buy from you know industrial places that provide heavy chemicals people have put it into bleach people have put it into any array of liquid that you can think of please 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 do not immerse your turquoise into anything if you want something cleaned bring it into us, bring it into somebody who understands gemstones to have them cleaned for you. Once that turquoise goes into any kind of chemical that is not natural and sometimes even natural chemicals, it is undoable. I cannot redo that stone yeah, not how it originally was. It's not an ambiguous point you're giving there, Elise. Um <laughs> But when you think about it, it it forms in like the super dry areas. It's not really, that's that dryness, that, that, that long-term kind of, um, treatment or environment that it's in. That's what gives it this color. So if you suddenly immerse it in something that it's just not its natural habitat, the gemstone is just not going to like it. And as you said, definitely you would recommend and I'd recommend not to do it. Even sometimes perfumes, even sometimes hand creams. Like these things can drastically change the color and the look of your gemstone turquoise. So, you know, please, please do not put any of those chemicals onto this gorgeous gemstone and it will treat you well. Well, we're going to wrap it up there with another episode of our Gem Pursuit. I really, really hope you enjoyed the episode. Elise, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you.
And thanks, of course, to our producer, Ross. But most of all, thank you to you all for listening. I really hope you enjoyed it. Any questions that arise from that episode, you can contact us on our TikTok or on our Instagram. And we would absolutely love to hear from you, particularly if you have any stories about Turquoise. And we are going to leave it there and talk to you all very, very soon. That would look great on me.